good. Oh, yeah. This is Season 5, Episode 22 of JV to the Pros. And I can tell you a lot of reasons I feel good. There's one reason I don't feel so good, and that's one of our stories tonight. Actually, there's a couple of stories. And yes, Florida. (laughs) I mean, if you're trying to get off my radar, you're doing a horrible job. I mean, nobody there is bragging about your SAT scores. I can tell you that. I got a couple of stories out of Florida that... (laughs) You're going to have to take one hand off the wheel and just scratch your head. Um, I'm in a really, really good mood because my dominance in uh, my national office pool has continued. Four weeks into the season, we're at the quarter pole, and I have gone wire to wire so far, predicting 70% of the games. Yeah, take that, Vegas. Crack! Yeah, I um I'm feeling pretty pretty good. I've I've won the pool two out of the four weeks so far, and that was the first two weeks, and came in second in week four. So I right now out of um I think it's uh sixty four games played so far, I have predicted forty four of those games correctly. So yeah. Pat on the back, feeling good. Um, I've got kind of a a real disturbing story out of the um, San Diego and Phoenix Humane Society. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit. I've also got the Major League Baseball playoff picture has come into fruition. The the teams have been set. The games are ready to go. And I'm going to give you my feedback on what I think might happen and how they got there. Teams that I've, I figured were probably going to be playing golf. Turns out I was wrong. They kept playing baseball. And you know what? Good for them. Good for them. They kept playing baseball. It's what you're supposed to do. But, um, you know, some of these teams have made it into a really good position and put themselves into the wild card round, and they're looking to advance. And as teams that did very, very well, like um, like Houston, and um, I mean, I don't want to get into I don't want to get into the whole thing, but I mean, you know, the Orioles obviously. Atlanta goes without saying. I've been predicting that Atlanta was probably going to win the whole thing. I thought it was going to be Atlanta and Texas. But Texas ended up backing in as a wild card, and that amazing race in the in the American League West between Seattle, Houston, and Texas turned out to only have two prevail, and Seattle has gone home. And that's kind of that's kind of sad because I think that uh, Seattle would have been would have been great in the playoffs. I, you know, I'll, I'll explain. Everything that's going on, I'll I'll talk to you all about it. But there is a story out of um, San Diego. Actually, the story is out of Southern Arizona, and it's a story. Um, it's a story in which um, two hundred and fifty animals were sent to Southern Arizona, Phoenix area from San Diego, from the San Diego Humane Society. And um, 
apparently what we did was we sent 318 animals over there to be adopted. So here's how it works. When, when you adopt an animal, they take your information, they check your ID, they make sure they have a contact number. They, they, they leave a trail of breadcrumbs to make sure that they know where the, where the animal came from, where the animal's going, who's going to adopt the animal, and that the person adopting the animal will be able to take care of the animal. I mean, it's, it's basically like adopting a child. So what happened was San Diego... Humane Society transferred 318 small animals, includes uh, guinea pigs, hamsters, and to a shelter in the Tucson, Arizona um, area. And um, according to the San Diego Humane Society, the mass transit for these these animals was the largest in San Diego Humane Society's history. But it was because they wanted to alleviate some of the pressure on local shelters because our shelters are at 175% capacity for dogs and cats because dogs and cats, you know, are primarily what people are adopting at the Humane Society. And the goal was to adopt out the small pets and also work with the rescue partners and finding them new, new homes. Now, concerned animal lovers started questioning why they couldn't find any online postings of the animals that were up for adoptions, like the guinea pigs, etc. And several people had commented on social media that the common denominator on the animals that are missing seemed to be all the kinds of animals that snakes eat. So the first question was, maybe snakes got into the facility in um, southern Arizona, the Tucson area, and maybe ate a whole bunch of these animals. But, um, but no, that didn't happen. So people started to put two and two together because they were following the path of these animals. And I don't think the Humane Society out there in Arizona, and if you remember right, I got Florida and then Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys know how I feel about Florida. But Arizona, if Florida is 1A, Arizona is 1B. So, so Arizona... Um, you know they 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 were not able to account for where all these all these animals were and people started to reach out to say hey what happened to 250 animals that are not accounted for there's no paperwork there's no um, no idea of where they were who adopted them where they were going where they would be living 250 animals vanished well apparently a whistleblower said that the cfo and the coo of the animal shelter in arizona had sold these 250 animals to a business that makes you guessed it snake food yeah so Somebody somebody blew 
the whistle on this and let people know there's something wrong and here's what's wrong. And so now the San Diego Humane Society is trying to find out what their legal options are to deal with this because they have an obligation, they have an oath, they have a contract to find these animals homes. They agreed to take these animals in and find them homes. And that doesn't mean they end up in snake food packaged for people that own, and yeah, people own snakes. And snakes apparently have a relationship with their owner. And, uh, you know, I've known people that had snakes in an aquarium and and the snake, you know, when they would take the top off, the snake would come right to them and go across their shoulders. We have people down at the beach in Pacific Beach and Mission Beach here in San Diego that actually go rollerblading with gigantic snakes over their shoulders and their snakes are just hanging out with their master. But the, the, the CEO and the COO of this Southern Arizona facility, they have now been suspended indefinitely pending the investigation and they want to see some paperwork on what's going on with those animals and where they ended up and they are going to get to the bottom of it. They are going to find out what's happened but it becomes, it's, it's becoming very apparent that this CEO and the COO may have taken cash and turned over these 250 animals and then let the other 68 get adopted legitimately. So they've got paperwork on the 68 animals, but the 250 are unaccounted for. And this story bothers me. It bothers me a lot that they, they, they violated their trust and they told the San Diego Humane Society... Yeah, bring them over here. We'll take care of it. We got it. Just um, we'll get them adopted. And um, and so they didn't expect that anyone was going to be following the path of these guinea pigs. And, and yeah, there's mice and rats. But, but, I mean, people were able to connect the dots pretty quickly that all the animals missing are animals that snakes eat. So there is... Um, a person of interest that is suspected to have been buying these animals to make snake food, but um, I don't. I don't like. I don't like what's happening. I, I don't like what's happening here at all. I don't like um, that. Um, so while I was pulling up the information as I was talking to you. Um, an ad popped up. <laughs> I know our lives are, are are just inundated with ads, but um, but yes. So that is that is the latest on on what's going on with that story. But yeah, there's 250 animals missing that should have been, you know, legitimately adopted, etc. So I I am hoping very much that um. 
that the San Diego Humane Society, they, I'm hoping they don't take their foot off the gas. I mean, all gas, no break on this one. And I'm glad that the uh, CFO and uh, the COO and the CEO have been indefinitely suspended because I think they know they did something wrong. So, um, yeah, they're going to be on the hot seat, but there's also going to be legal action. So I think from their legal team, they're probably going to be begging. Oh! Yeah. Hey, we're going to be charging you with some crimes. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's actually not funny. It bothered me a lot that um, that these guys did this. And I do think I do think they should be not only facing jail time, but I don't think they should be given any sort of a suspended sentence or anything like that. I think they should serve jail time for doing this. And I think that would set a precedent that, that this is not acceptable. This is not okay. So that's my stand on this. So I want to talk to you about what happened in let's go, let's go. We always go to the American league first. So let's do that because you know, the American league East where my Yankees play, well, the Toronto Blue Jays made it into a wild card spot. And they are going to be facing the Minnesota Twins. Now, I'll tell you something very interesting about the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins usually have at least a pretty good team. Well, this year they have a playoff team, and they got a shot. But if you've ever seen the schematic of Petco Park in San Diego, it's a pretty much it's an, it's an you know open air lots of catwalks no roof you can get a tan on a on an afternoon game and it's just i mean it's southern california you people take their shirt off and they come out and they just enjoy the game in the sun it's wonderful even at night you know you got that cool breeze off the harbor it's fantastic now the stadium that the ballpark that they play in in Minnesota is almost an identical replica of San Diego's Petco Park. Now, problem is, San Diego's Petco Park is in, yeah, San Diego. And Minnesota's ballpark is in Minnesota! Yeah! Right now, it's October in Minnesota, and it gets cold quickly in Minnesota. And I don't know why they didn't put a roof on that thing. I mean, I, or a retractable roof. Yeah, in the summer, yeah, leave the roof open. That's great. But when it comes October, if you're planning on playing playoff baseball, it's going to be cold. Why would you not have a roof on that thing? It, the, the ballparks are almost identical. So the long and short of it is the Twins ended up finishing up in the wild card round as the three seed because, yeah, they, they won their division. Toronto ended up going in as a wild card, and they're the number six seed. So Toronto, the Blue Jays are going to be facing the Minnesota Twins, and they're going to play it out and find out who is going to be facing Houston in the next round? Now, Houston ended up winning the American League West. 
And that was a hotly contested battle. And the American League West had Seattle, Texas, and Houston. And I thought, I mean, when we got into, into August, I thought, oh, yeah, Texas is running away with this. It's going to be Texas and the Braves in the World Series. I was calling it. I said, Texas is playing out of their mind. And then about two and a half weeks went by where Texas either didn't show up at the ballpark or forgot how to play baseball, but they couldn't win a game. They couldn't buy a win. And so Texas began losing and losing, and Houston and Seattle kept winning and winning, and all of a sudden we had a three-horse race, and then Texas remembered how to play baseball again, and now we watched ourselves a photo finish down to the wire as the 162 games played out, and Houston actually overtook Texas and took that division, and Houston ended up with the bye in the first round. So now Texas has to play the American League East's Tampa Bay in the playoffs. So Texas is the number five seed, and the Tampa Bay Rays is the number four seed, and they're going to play in the first round. So it'll be Texas against Tampa Bay in the first round, and the Twins against the Blue Jays in the first round in the American League playoffs. And the two teams that got a bye in the American League are Houston, I mentioned, and the Baltimore Orioles. And the Baltimore Orioles were the number one seed in the American League, and they have been playing absolutely out-of-their-mind baseball. So I've got to figure Baltimore's in the conversation. But Houston is waiting, and they're the number two seed, and they both had a bye in the first round. So they're going to wait for the results of the Twins and Blue Jays and Texas and the Rays as both those teams move on. The winner of Texas and the Rays will face the Orioles, and the winner of the Twins and the Blue Jays will face the Astros. Now, let's go over to the National League side. And in the wild card round, now, I, I don't think, I don't know if you guys remember, I was talking about the National League West, and I was saying the only team making it to the playoffs in the National League West will be the Dodgers. Everybody else can book their tee times and play some golf in the offseason. Well, Arizona, that was the team I was talking to you about a little while ago. Arizona kept playing baseball. And playing well, playing well enough to be able to make it into the wild card round. They made the playoffs, and they're a number six seed. And Arizona was a surprise at the beginning of the season, and then they stumbled, and then they just kind of sputtered, and then they played like 500 ball. And then down the stretch in September, they hit their stride, and they managed to get themselves a wild card spot in the playoffs. Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be playing Milwaukee, the Brew Crew. And the Milwaukee Brewers are the number three seed. So the Brewers just missed getting themselves a bye because the one and two seed get the bye. So the Brewers got the number three seed, and they will be facing Arizona in the first round, the wild card round of the National League playoffs. Now, here's a shocker. Now, the shocker of the other two teams in the National League that are in the wild card round, the shocker is not the Phillies because the Phillies were the National League champions last year. They had the National League pennant. So the Phillies ended up as the four seed. 
But the Miami Marlins ended up as the five seed. So Miami comes out of the East and they make it into the playoffs, into the wild card round, and they're facing the Phillies in the first round of the playoffs. So how much of a shock would it be if the Marlins advance? Unfortunately, whoever advances between the Phillies and the Marlins will have to face the Braves. Frankly, I think it'll be a much better game if the Phillies advance because I think the Phillies are a better matchup with against the Braves. I don't think either one of these teams, I don't think any of these teams can beat the Braves. I don't think anybody's beaten the Braves. So waiting on on the National League side for the winner between Arizona and the Milwaukee Brewers, that's the Dodgers. Coming out of the National League West, the Dodgers are waiting to find out who between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be facing the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Dodgers will be hosting to start that series because they are the number two seed. The number one seed, the Atlanta Braves, and Atlanta will be hosting the winner of the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that happened in the NFL. We're going to go nice and slow, and we're going to recap what happened in week four. Now, I was one of the few people that did take Detroit to go into the frozen tundra of Green Bay and beat Green Bay in Green Bay. And they sure did. They didn't just beat them. They beat them by 14. So Detroit won that first um, Thursday night game. And then we had a very unusual game in London. London! You're in London! Playing football in London at Wembley Stadium. And Jacksonville and the Atlanta Falcons went out there to play. And the game was on like 5 o'clock in the morning our time. On the West Coast, I mean. And Jacksonville actually beat Atlanta. I thought Atlanta's the better team. I thought Atlanta would win. I mean, I'm still I'm still calling it right 70% of the time. And by the way, I have hit every single Thursday night game this season. Four for four on Thursday night. And I'm going to be going five for five this week. When we get into week five, you'll see what I mean. But I did think Atlanta would go over to London London, and beat Jacksonville. And Jacksonville beat Atlanta 23 to seven. Now, here's the game that had the most interest of the week. And that was the game between Buffalo at home against Miami, who just dropped 70 on Denver. Well, people were thinking, okay, Miami just dropped 70 on Denver, so they're probably going to put 35 or 38 on Buffalo. Well, I took Buffalo, and I was right. Again! Because Buffalo more than doubled down on Miami, beating Miami 48-20. to I'll tell you the interesting thing. When this game started, they were just trading touchdowns. It was Buffalo touchdown, Miami touchdown, back and forth, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then Buffalo got a turnover. 
Buffalo got Miami to punt. Buffalo turned around and had a long drive for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, the game got away from Buffalo. Uh, from Miami, rather. And and Buffalo beat Miami 48-20. to Now, in the, in the Minnesota-Carolina game, in Carolina, I picked Minnesota. And when this game started, I think Kirk Cousins threw like two interceptions and had a fumble. And this looked like it was going to be a mess. And I'm thinking, okay, they can't lose to Carolina. They just can't lose to Carolina. Well, Kirk Cousins and his Vikings got it together. And they put three touchdowns on the board, beating Minnesota beat Carolina 21-13. Now, most teams are trying to get themselves into the Super Bowl. But when you got two teams that are 0-3, they're not going for the Super Bowl. They're playing in the toilet bowl. And Denver and Chicago, both 0-3, Denver goes into Chicago to figure out who's going to end up in the win column. I was thinking this game could end up in overtime and nobody wins. <laughs> it's just a tie. But Denver actually overcame, I think it was a 21-3 to deficit. And it looked like Chicago, Justin Fields was just cooking. And it looked like Chicago was just going to kill him. And Denver came back. Russell Wilson and the guys got it together and they came back and in overtime Denver beat Chicago 31-28. So I thought that was a pretty pretty big win right there. Denver got in the win column and Sean Payton gets himself his first win as head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now I had in the Baltimore and Cleveland game, I thought Cleveland with this backup running back and I thought, okay, Baltimore's got a few injuries, but you know, sometimes you're wrong. Just sometimes you're wrong. I picked Cleveland to win this game and Baltimore went in there and just kicked Cleveland around and beat Baltimore 28-3. to Twenty-eight to three, and I thought, "Oh wow, Cleveland! Cleveland was only managed. They only managed a field goal, and that's it." I thought, "How did that happen?" But one of my locks of the week was the winless Houston Texans going against that really incredible defense of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes into Houston to play the Texans, pick up a win, and leave. That's the plan. That's the script. Well. Pittsburgh goes into Houston, and Pittsburgh can't seem to get it going. Not only that, but Kenny Pickett, their quarterback for Pittsburgh, gets hurt and carried off the field with a knee injury. So they got to bring in the backup quarterback. Meanwhile, Houston's, Houston's playing good ball. Well, Houston crushed Pittsburgh, and I got this game wrong. Houston beat Pittsburgh 30-6. to yeah, 30 to 6. That was the shocker of the week because you would have thought Pittsburgh would have just gone in there and smacked them around. In a very exciting game, Indy was down big 
Stafford and the Rams were beating the pants off of the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts came back. And the Rams, I think the Rams had the Colts 23-3. to And Anthony Richardson and the Colts came back and tied the game at 23, forcing overtime. And in overtime, the Rams scored a touchdown. And this thing was over 29-23. So... Indy did a good job. I picked Indy to win, and I was wrong. I went, uh, I went eleven and um, I think I went eleven and five this week um, in the um, in my pool, and I thought, okay, that's not that's not too bad. But um, wow, I, I was sitting there like, okay, <laughs> that's that's you know that's still five losses I don't want to have. I'm too competitive for that. Well, I also took New Orleans. I took New Orleans to take down Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Bucs went into New Orleans and kept New Orleans in single digits and beat New Orleans 26-9. to So the Saints are going to have to look at some footage. They're going to have to make some changes, and they're going to have to make some corrections because that defense that New Orleans has should have been able to take Tampa Bay apart. On paper, it looked that way. Unfortunately, this game is not played on paper. It's played on a on a football field, and that's how come that is why they play the game. Okay, I told you last week that Philadelphia was hosting Washington. I said, Washington, the commanders, they're a good team. I don't think they're going to beat Philly. But I won't be shocked if they do. I'm picking Philly. I'm picking Philly at home because this is a division game. This is a game in which Philly's at home in front of their fans. Philly's undefeated. And in comes Washington. Well, I'll tell you what. I was not that shocked when I found out that this game was going into overtime, 31 apiece. And after both teams had a possession, Philly gets the ball, they get into field goal range, and they ended this thing 34-31. But that was a great game, and it showed everybody that Washington can run with the big dogs. They got the tools. They got the attitude. They got the parts. They got the talent. So Washington is going to be this little bit of a surprise team coming out of um, out of the East. I mean, the NFC East, you know, they've got at least – Two contenders. I'm going to talk to you about um, about the New York Football Giants in a little while because, uh, oh. anyway, Philadelphia gets the win, 34-31. Now, I did take Tennessee over Cincinnati, and most of the people around me picked Cincinnati, and I said no. No, Cincinnati's not there. Yeah, they got a great defense. Yeah, they've got great talent. But Burrow is not good. He's not ready. I mean, he's good if he's healthy. He's not healthy. He's not good to go. So I said, I said, take Tennessee. And I was right. Tennessee beat the heck out of Cincinnati 27-3. And, I, I mean, Derrick Henry had a good game. And he still got game. Good for him. He still got game. But Tennessee beat Cincinnati as I predicted. 
Now, in the battle uh, in the West between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers, I said take the Chargers. Take the Chargers. They're going to beat this Las Vegas team. Well, this turned out to be a really, really close game. As a matter of fact, it was a one-score game, and Las Vegas was marching, and they were in the red zone. As Las Vegas threw an interception to the Chargers, Chargers ran it back about 10 yards, and then they did the slide because all they had to do was take a knee, and this game is over. And the Chargers beat the Raiders 24-17. to So, But that game should have gone into overtime. They, they were right there. They were on like the 10-yard line and threw an interception. They were going in. So I thought, boy, this is, this is going to be close. But I picked the Chargers, and the Chargers won. I'm very happy to announce that there was a game in Dallas in which the New England Patriots came down from Chowderville and visited the Lone Star State and went to Dallas and walked in and handed Bill Belichick his worst regular season defeat ever in the history of him as a head coach. Dallas pounded the Patriots to the point where Mac Jones was benched in the third quarter. He just couldn't seem to get anything right, and Dallas was just intercepting pretty much everything he threw. Dallas beats New England 38-3 last week. 38-3. I know there was a couple of people in my uh, office pool that took New England, but, I mean, they're Patriot fans, and they're from the New England area, and they were hoping for the upset, but no. Nah. No, no. Dallas just lost to Phoenix. They're not going to lose to New England and Mac Jones. That's not happening. Okay, so we've got Arizona going to San Francisco. I did say that I thought this was going to be a pretty easy game to call. San Francisco might be the best team in the NFC, and they showed it. After Arizona just beat Dallas, San Francisco hosted Arizona and beat them 35-16. Now, the Sunday night game of the week was the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift against the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And all of a sudden... The Chiefs jump out to a 17-0 lead. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. Miami dropped 70 on Denver. I mean, is, are the Chiefs going to drop 68 on the Jets? I mean, it's just like, and I'm at, a, I'm at a bar, a Jets bar, with a whole bunch of Jets fans. And we were like, oh, this is horrible. And then all of a sudden, Zach Wilson started getting his confidence and started playing football. And our defense was getting the ball back for us. And before we knew it, this was a 2020 tie. And I thought, wow, there's a 2020 tie. The Jets are in this thing. And yeah, the Chiefs got a field goal. And the Jets were driving. The Jets were driving. This looked great. They're going to turn around and not just even this thing up. They're probably going to score a touchdown. It's looking good. And then the curse showed up. Zach Wilson 
hyped up, adrenaline pumping, not blinking. You could see it through his helmet. He was not blinking. He was eyes wide open. He's checking out the defense. He's sending guys in motion. He wants to know who's covering who. Is it man-to-man? Is it zone? And the ball gets snapped, and Zach goes back to make the pass, and he left the ball at the, at the line of scrimmage. And the Chiefs jumped on it, and the Chiefs jumped on it deep in their own zone. But Patrick Mahomes takes the field, with a 23-20 lead, and now we need the defense to come through. Well, the Jets had Patrick Mahomes on a third and 22, and a really bad call from the refs gave the Chiefs an automatic first down. And we're like, okay, we can overcome this. They're not even in field goal range. And then the Chiefs were had a third and 20, and probably the worst, worst call of the year that caused Robert Sala to lose his mind. He went after the refs. He was in their faces. It was just incidental, normal coverage contact with Sauce Gardner, and they called pass interference, giving the Chiefs yet another automatic first down. And then the Chiefs managed to get another first down and run out the clock, and it was over. But this looked like... It just looked like it was it was rigged. I mean, it was just like, how how did that happen? How did that happen? I mean, you know, th- that's not the deal. And, and, and we're at home. So we're supposed to be, I just, I was furious because when I looked at the replay, this was normal coverage contact. There was no grabbing of the jersey. There was no grabbing of the shoulder pads. This was something that should not have been called. And I'm sure the ref that threw that that flag was probably getting some heat by whoever oversees the referees because there was nothing to call there. And, I mean, it was time for the Chiefs to punt. And Zach is doing well, but the Jets never got the ball back. And the Jets lost 23-20 in a game that they probably could have won if they had just gotten the ball back. All right, now I'm going to get on to Monday night football in which in which the Giants hosted the Seahawks and Geno Smith, former New York Jet quarterback and punchline on late night late night television. Well, Daniel Jones, I've said this before, I said he's an okay quarterback, he's not a great quarterback. And he's had some good games, but he's never had some great games. And in primetime, Daniel Jones is like one for 13 in primetime games. He doesn't win on primetime. Like like when the, the light is brightest, he fades. And he did not fail to disappoint. And the Giants fans began testing the traffic out of MetLife Stadium around the third quarter as... Daniel Jones was throwing interception after interception, and the Seahawks were just taking it all. As a matter of fact, Daniel Jones, deep in Seattle territory, ready to go in for a touchdown and probably make this make this a real game. I think it was 13-3 at the time, and this would have been 13-10. Now you got a game. And on the two-yard line, Daniel Jones throws an interception that turns out to be a pick six. And it it just got worse from there. As a matter of fact, Dable, the um, head coach of the Giants, 
met with Jones on the bench after that, and he's showing him the tablet saying, why would you throw the ball there when you got a guy wide open in the back of the end zone? All you got to do is toss it to him. He's wide open. And Dable was so upset, he just threw the tablet on the bench and walked away. And Jones just hung his head. But Jones is just not that good of a quarterback. He's okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, he's probably a five and a half. You know, he, Patrick Mahomes is probably a nine and a quarter. You know, um, you know Zach Wilson, until this past week, is a negative two. But, I mean, Daniel Jones is not that good. And Daniel Jones lost 24 to 3. And by the way, I did pick the Seahawks and I did pick the Chiefs, although I would have taken that loss no problem. So now we're going to take a look at what's going on in week 5 of the NFL. Now we've got a game on uh, Thursday night in which the winless Bears, 0 and 4 Bears, are going to Washington to face the 2 and 2 Commanders. I'm going to say, take the Commanders. Take the Commanders at home. I think the Bears are a mess internally and externally. I said this before. I'll say it again. So I take the Commanders. Now, the Jaguars stayed in London. You're in London, mate. The Jaguars stayed in London because they're playing in London again. Yeah, they played they played Atlanta last week in London and they were considered the home team. And this week they're in London again and they are the visiting team playing the Bills. So they didn't take the flight back and forth, they just stayed there. So the two and two Jaguars are gonna be facing the three and one Bills in London. And I think the Bills, after what they did with Miami I think the Bills beat the Jaguars. I'm not saying the Jaguars can't beat the Bills. I'm just saying they shouldn't. Now we've got the 2-2 two two Texans going against the 2-2 two two Falcons. And I got to say, I'm thinking, for the first time in my life, I'm thinking the Falcons turn it around. I think the Falcons at home... With the Texans coming in, I think the Falcons beat the Texans. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. Now the Panthers are 0-4. And the Panthers are going to Detroit to face the 3-1 Lions who are leading that division. I'm thinking also no way, no way Detroit loses to the Panthers while Detroit is at home. I'm saying you take the Lions, the Lions win that game. The Panthers come in, they take a loss, they go home. But this is why they play the games. So, yeah, the Panthers can win, but I don't think that's going to happen. The Tennessee Titans are going to Indianapolis to face the Colts. Both these teams are 2-2. Two and two. I got to think that the Colts, after that huge comeback last week, have probably figured out the combination on how to pick that safe. And they're going to open the door, and I think they beat the Titans. I think this is a coin toss game, and I think, yeah, it could go either way. I'm going to take the Colts at home 
just because the Colts are at home and they did come back in a big way last week. Titans looked great last week, too. They rallied back as well. But I'm going to pick the Colts. The Giants. Giants are going down to Miami to play the Dolphins. And the Dolphins just took one in the teeth from the Buffalo Bills. I think the Dolphins... I think they wipe the Giants off the map and send them back up the eastern seaboard with a loss. So I take the Dolphins. The Saints are going to the Patriots. Saints are 2-2. Two and two, Patriots are 1-3. and three. I take the Saints going into Foxborough and beating Mac Jones and the Patriots. So I'm going to stay with the Saints because I don't believe in Mac Jones and I don't believe in the Patriots. And I'm enjoying the fact that the Patriots potentially... Could be one in sixteen this year. It really tickles me to say that one in sixteen this year. So I'm hoping the Saints beat the Patriots, but the Saints are more talented, and the Saints should beat the Patriots. The Ravens, the three and one Ravens, are going to go to the Steelers, and I'm going to go with the Ravens because the Ravens looked like a machine last week, and the Steelers just did not, and they just lost their quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Ravens to beat the Steelers in a division game. The Bengals. Ugh. Bengals 1-3. Cardinals 1-3. The game is in Phoenix. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, this is one of those games where you throw your hands up in the air and you just kind of see how the cards land. But um, I am probably going to go with the Cardinals just because I don't know. I mean, I just don't know in this game. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals look like they're a mess. The Cardinals look like they're a little bit less of a mess. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. That game, I, I wouldn't put any money one way or the other on that game. The undefeated 4-0 Eagles are going out to L.A. to beat up on the Rams. Yeah, you can guess who I'm picking in this game. I'm taking the NFC East Eagles to beat the NFC West Rams. Eagles over the Rams, I don't have a lot more to say about that. The, Eagle, the Eagles, I mean, they're playing great. Now, from the East Coast, the 1-3 and three New York Jets, my New York Jets, are going to go out to Denver to play the Broncos. And I think this Jets defense going into Denver beats the Broncos. And the Jets are going to be 2-3 and three after this weekend. I think the Jets beat the Broncos. And um, I just, oh, oh, I just got to say, I hope it's true. I hope it's true. So I don't want to see Russell Wilson all, all of a sudden have a resurgence from what he used to do up in Seattle. I just don't think the Broncos are good enough, and I think the Jets are going to come in and beat them. The Chiefs dodged a bullet on Sunday night football against my New York Jets. They're going to go in and play the Vikings. Yeah. I think the Chiefs and Taylor Swift are going to probably go in and beat the Vikings. They're a better team. These are two teams going in opposite directions. The Chiefs are 3-1. and one, Vikings are 1-3. and three. I take the Chiefs to beat the Vikings in their own house. Now, we have got a Sunday night game between the Cowboys and the Niners. Now, this is not the Cowboys and the Niners from the 90s where it was this great tug of war, if you will. I mean, these these guys provided us like three or four years of great matchups where they battled each other. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. 
I think the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC, but they're not the best team in the NFC. And for that reason, I take the Niners at home to end up 5-0 and over the Cowboys. I think the Niners and that offense and that defense beat the Cowboys. Now, we've got Jordan Love and the Packers at 2-2 two and two going into Las Vegas for Monday Night Football to play the Raiders. Yeah, I think the Packers are better than the Raiders. I... I don't think the Raiders can run with this Packers team. I think the Packers go into Las Vegas. I think they play some slots. I think they play some hands of blackjack. And in between, they beat the Raiders. I think the Packers walk out with a win. I take the Packers in that game. That's just all there is to it. Now, I promised you a couple of wacky stories out of Florida. Because Florida, you know how I feel about Florida. Florida is just, <laughs> Florida just has a way about them. <laughs> so you guys will be very happy to hear that we're going to be talking about stupid crimes committed in Florida. Now, when you hear these two stories, I mean, this will absolutely tickle your funny bone. Now, Brandy Joe Roman, Brandy with an I, Joe, J-O, Roman, 29 years old, wanted to relax, have a good time at her favorite strip club. Nothing wrong with that. Her strip club is called Mons Venus, and it's in Tampa. Now, most of us, you know, we go out on the weekend, Friday, Saturday night. Some people go to strip clubs. Some people go to bars, sport bars. They go out to dinner. They go on a date. You know, married people, maybe it's date night. But, you know, Brandy Joe Roman went out on a Tuesday night to her strip club. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. She wanted to sit by the stage and watch some stripping going on. And she wanted to have a beer. Now, before she got to the strip club, she did a little pregame action with a big can of malt liquor that she drank on her way to the club. Driving to the club, she drank a, a can of malt liquor. Again, you know, you're making stupid choices. That's your business, Brandy Joe Roman. Well, she gets to the club. She goes in, she's having a beer by the stage, watching some stripping going on, and forgot all about the fact that she had a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter in the car that she was drinking and driving to the strip club and left them in the car while mommy is going to go inside and make it rain. So mommy is watching strippers while the kids are sitting outside in the parking lot of the strip club. Well, well, a concerned citizen decided they weren't going to go right into the strip club. They called the police and arrested Brandy Joe Roman on child neglect charges. Now, Here's the sad part of this story, because this is Florida, and Brandy Joe Roman should have stood out. She should have been the only parent 
in that strip club who was stupid enough and foolish enough and made the bad decision to leave her kids out in the car. Now, here's where it gets a little funny. The police show up and the police discover that Brandy Joe Roman is part of a group of people that don't know each other who brought their kids to the strip club and left them out in the car while the parents went inside to watch stripping. I mean, this is magnificent stupidity. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, okay, <clears throat> you're in such a hurry that you can't find a sitter. You can't make accommodations for your kids. But, man, you got to get to the strip club. <laughs> so, Brandy Joe Roman, yeah, she was arrested. And so were other parents who were also in the strip club and had left their kids out in the car while they went inside to watch stripping. So they made a bunch of arrests. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, I mean, this is as, as you know, as stupid as, um, you know, I've been, I've been pretty hard on Zach Wilson. You know, and I give him credit with credit to. He ran with the world champions. He went head to head with Patrick Mahomes. As a matter of fact, Zach Wilson became the very first and only quarterback. And I forgot to mention this in the NFL section, but he became the very first and only quarterback in Patrick Mahomes' college and professional career, which is like a hundred and something starts in which. Patrick Mahomes has usually been the top stats guy in every, not even usually, every single time. He has a higher quarterback rating. He has a better completion percentage. He has everything better. And Zach Wilson, all of his numbers were better than Patrick Mahomes in Sunday night's game. Now, I forgot to mention this. The Sunday night game had the highest ratings of any NFL Sunday night game in the history of Sunday night football because the Swifties tuned in and 40-40, not 14, 40-40 million people tuned in. Now, 120 million tuned in for the Super Bowl but 40 million tuned in for Sunday Night Football because they kept showing Taylor Swift. I mean, those Swifties, I'll tell you. So I'm talking about the foolishness of this, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing that that the Swifties just wanted to get a peek at their hero, Taylor Swift. And frankly, the Chiefs almost lost that game, except for Zach Wilson. You know, and, 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 I, and I didn't mention the fact that... Um, Zach Wilson is not getting all the endorsements. Like Trevor, Tra Tra Travis Kelsey is getting loads of endorsements. Patrick Mahomes, you know, Andy Reid, they're on all these commercials with Jake from State Farm, et cetera. And they're doing all sorts of promotions. But Zach Wilson is playing in the number one market in the country. And he is not getting the opportunity to endorse anything. 
because frankly, nobody wants to be associated with Zach Wilson because they look at him as a loser. So if your company is associated with, your company is probably a loser if you're associated with Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson, I forgot to mention this. I wish I'd remembered. Zach Wilson has come out with his own men's cologne line. He's come out with a men's cologne and the cologne is called Three and Out. And the tagline is, when you really don't want to score. That's his cologne. <laughs> Three and out. <laughs> when you don't want to score. Okay, back to stupid things going on in Florida. Okay. <laughs> Being a criminal is exhausting. You just asked Dominique Pinkard. He and his accomplice, 20-year-old Julian Evangelist. Yeah, Evangelist. Yeah, but he's not an evangelist. They broke into a house in Lady Lake, Florida. I don't even know where that is. And they just wanted to see what they could steal. Well, Pinkard stuffed jewelry in his pockets and then decided after putting all that jewelry in his pocket, he was so tired from quote-unquote working that he needed to sit down on the couch. Well, he sat down on the couch and the couch was so comfortable that Pinkard fell asleep. So when the homeowner came back, they found Pinkard asleep with a pocket full of jewelry and the homeowner quietly backed out of the room and left Pinkard sleeping in peace and they called the police. Evangelist, who is not an evangelist, took the TV and other electronics, but once his partner passed out <laughs> and was in cuffs, it didn't take any time at all for them to track down this evangelist, who is not an evangelist. And um, they were both arrested because Pinkard, yeah, Pinkard fell asleep. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, how, how are you so tired from putting jewelry in your pocket? Like, don't bring this guy into a Tiffany's unless you got yourself a love seat for him to sit down on because this guy is, is going to go to sleep. I, I, I just sit there and I go, come on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I want to thank you, the listeners for tuning in each week. And that is Season 5, Episode 22 of JV to the Pros. I'm your host, Jack Vecchio. And I want to thank the, the sponsors that even though Rob Van Dam's CBD oil is no longer in production for the time being, I'm expecting it will be back in production. And I'll be glad to start promoting it again. And I do always remind you guys that if you have a business, a company, a corporation, and you're under any sort of attack... You contact Paul Sorrentino at Jackson Lewis, and his number is 619-573-4900. He is the employer, lawyer, and he will protect your business. He will keep you out of trouble. If this is an unfounded lawsuit, you get Paul Sorrentino, 619-573-4900. He'll take care of it. He'll make sure that he's protecting your business. This guy's got like 30 years undefeated in the courtroom. I mean, you know, it's just like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's Paul Sorrentino. Yeah, baby. So, 
That is Season 5, Episode 22 of JV to the Pros. And I want to thank producer Karen, the Queen of Queens, New York, who has been doing a stellar job of putting our stuff on Facebook and all the visuals and all the pictures and everything that goes along with doing the show. She has managed to find all the newspaper articles and everything so that it's easy to get the visuals as you're listening to JV to the pros. You can get a hold of us at jv to the pros at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, jv to the pros, all spelled out. We're on Facebook, our Facebook pages, jv to the pros, all spelled out. You'll see my pretty picture there, and you'll know you're in the right place. So that is Season 5, Episode 22 of JV to the Pros. I thank you so very much for listening, and until we connect again next week... Oh, by the way, I'm going to try to get the great Gerardo to come on the show um, and let's get his feedback after week five is done. Um, we're going to coordinate that because our schedules have not been exactly right on. So I'm going to try to get a slot of time um, next week and we'll have the great Gerardo on. So that is our show. Thanks again for listening.